Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. We're recording this at 3.23 on Thursday afternoon. It will drop in your feed on Friday morning. Big news of the day, more bad news about employment or unemployment, that is. There were 3.8 million people who applied for new unemployment benefits in the week ending April 25th. That means over six weeks, there are now 30 million new applications for unemployment benefits. Unbelievable. Right now, there are 18 million folks who are collecting their unemployment. So I guess if there's a tiny bit of good news, it's that the numbers are tapering off, but they are still so high. I cannot even believe it. I remember the first week that we saw the spike, and that was the week that was ended March 21st, and we had 3.3 million people. And I I said, oh my God, I'd never seen a number that much. And then it went up to 6.8. And now it is starting to dribble down, but the numbers are astounding. They really are. And I I ran across a Marist poll that I found very interesting. The pandemic is obviously spreading to so many more people. And in this poll, they found that 50% of Americans said they or someone else in their household has either lost hours or a job because of coronavirus. Now, that is insane. Half, right? What's even more insane is how quickly it happened. It's up from 18% a month ago. And this is having a disproportionate and harsher effect on people of color, those without a college degree, younger people, and those who make less money. So I don't know. I mean, it's just awful. So if you know somebody who needs some help and you want to help them out or you want to turn them on to our podcast, you can go ahead and do that. You can send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. And you can always go to the website, jillonmoney.com. So this is from Emma, who says, I hear a lot about what to do with a 401k during this time if a person is still working. Though little is said about how a retiree should manage an IRA. I have a brokerage IRA and a managed portfolio. Neither are very large, but I was wondering if I should close the brokerage and combine it with the managed portfolio. I've lost $5,000 so far. I don't live on the money. I'd like to have something for my kids. Um, well, look, here's what I would ask. How much are you paying for the brokerage IRA? How much are you paying for the managed portfolio IRA? I would choose whatever is cheaper. And since you don't need the money, then what I would probably do is you can combine them and keep the cheaper option. Okay. Here is Kim who says, what do you recommend for our 15-year-old son who's interested in getting his foot wet with investing? He's got $300 to start with. Is that a price point that's doable? What's a low-cost method platform for him to learn on as well as monitor his investment? What do you think, Mark Robinhood? Most companies are basically kind of free to start. So you can try Robinhood. You can try Schwab. You can try TD Ameritrade. Check them out, Fidelity. See what's cheap. And then he can just buy an index fund. If he wants to buy individual stocks, that's a different story. Maybe he can put money away and you can match the money. That's so funny. 15 years old, right? Judah writes, I had a question regarding using a Roth option either directly or through an employer. I live in New York and therefore I have a, uh, I have a limitation on his SALT deductions, right? State and local taxes. Plan on moving this summer, virus permitting, and will almost certainly be somewhere with a lower income tax. I've been doing almost all retirement savings pre-tax with the intention of starting to roll it into a Roth once I move. Is this a good idea? Should I be doing more Roth investing now? 
You betcha. I mean, not knowing what your tax bracket is, but still, I love the idea of the Roth. Uh, I think it's an unbelievable opportunity. It's been, you know, a scary time, but, you know, one of the things that you know you can control in your investing life is the expenses and your taxes. And if you can control your taxes, understanding that you know what the tax bill will be when you retire, as you would with a Roth because you've prepaid the taxes, that's a huge advantage, right? Okay. Scarlett writes, love your podcast, enjoying the daily Q&A. Here's my question. But first, all the information. My fiance and I are in our mid-40s. They have a six-month emergency fund maxing out IRAs, 401ks. We make about $260,000 a year. Our jobs are relatively safe, no kids. We currently have about $200,000 combined in our retirement. We rent an apartment for about $1,600 a month, no debt, one car loan actually. My fiance's parents did not save enough for retirement. I'm already feeling heavy. They're in their early 70s. They were still working until his dad was laid off recently, will not be able to work again. His mom is working in a stable job. We had already talked about helping them financially. They do not want to stay in their house for multiple reasons. They cannot afford to rent or a mortgage with a loss of dad's income. We talked about buying them a house since it would be an investment, but would paying their rent in a house or condo be better option? We want to help them without jeopardizing our future. We would rather not combine households all live together if possible. Here's the thing. I guess the question is that if they sell the house, why can't they just rent something that, I guess, we don't know what your mom's income is. We need more information. I don't think you have that much money. You're in your 40s. You got 200 grand in retirement and you make a lot of money. I don't know where all your money's going. That's number one. So that's you guys. So what could they sell their house for? And how long would that last? What's their income? I need to know more information. Yeah, I don't know why they can't afford their rent on their own. We might be missing something because we're sort of thinking two social security checks, mom's income. I don't know. Interesting. Margot writes, I love the daily podcast. They are strangely entertaining and extremely useful. There's a compliment in there. Strangely entertaining. I haven't missed a single episode. Thanks for keeping it real. Okay. She wants some advice about estate planning. My husband and I met with an attorney to do our estate plan in February. The initial meeting was to discuss process and fees. We were planning to follow up at the end of March, but that didn't happen. I'm considering the legal Zoom option for estate planning. It would save us several thousand dollars at a time when our income has taken a hit and money is a concern. I'm 49. My husband's 53. Kids are 14 and 11. We have a family business at which we both work, so it's our only source of income. Do you recommend the online estate planning options? They are cheaper. Okay. Yeah, of course. If the alternative is like LegalZoom or nothing, do LegalZoom. The thing is that the fact that you have a business that you both work for, there's probably some issue around making sure that that business is dealt with. But how about this? In the near term, sure, do the LegalZoom. And get back on your feet and things are good. You can always have a the, the fancy-ass attorney review it, right? That would be just fine with me. No problem. Okay, question is from Grandma Joni. Hi, Grandma Joni. With no paycheck deposits to the program, will Social Security survive COVID-19 unemployment? Would you give us your analysis of the possible reduction or restructuring of benefits? Thank you. Grandma Joni, here's the deal. If you are already receiving Social Security, there's not going to be any change to the program. The people who are at risk are younger people because there are going to be changes to the program. 
And that means that there are going to be probably three different ways to change, right? One is that Congress can make the retirement age later, right? So maybe it could be 72 or 75. That's one thing. Another thing that Congress could do is to say, we're going to increase social security or FICA taxes on both the employee and the employer. And they can do that pretty easily in any sort of tax reform. And the other thing that Congress could do is they could raise the social security wage base. So currently you actually get tax, you and your employee, right? get taxed on a certain amount of money that is earned every year, right? So $137,700, okay? So one could see a time where Congress says, hey, you know what? FICA taxes are going to be applied to all wages up to $150,000 or $200,000, in which case you and your employer would have to pay more on that income. And you pay right now, you pay a 6.2% rate. And so does the employer. So another thing Congress could do is say, okay, well, we're going to raise the percentage. Maybe we'll go to 6.4%. So there's a lot of ways to beef up the system. I don't want you to think that the system's going away. It's a very popular system. So please do not, do not worry about this, okay? That's it. That's our show for today. It's it's a Thursday. It's a little dreary where I am. I hope it's sunny where you are. And here's what we're celebrating today at the Jill on Money show. We are celebrating that Mark's son is now actually sleeping again during the day, at least for today. And in our world, this is a very good thing. And we are taking small wins. Okay. So we hope that you had some sort of small win. And if not, you know what? there's always tomorrow. Like they said in the show, Annie, the sun will come out tomorrow. If you've got a financial question, if you've got a concern, if something's keeping you up at night, please, please do not hesitate to send us an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com and pass it along. Tell your friends to subscribe to the Jill on Money podcast. You can do that on Apple or Stitcher, radio.com, Google Play, anywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. So thanks so much for listening. Lift someone up today. Please do something nice. Do something nice for yourself. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.